Marketing for Library Marketers podcast, where we will engage in informal conversations with fellow library marketers, industry and social media experts, and other marketing professionals on the topics of marketing, communications, public relations, outreach, and more in libraries of all kinds. Whether you are a librarian, a clerk, assistant, or in some other role, and a team of many or just one, join us as we share tips, inspiration, industry news, success stories, lessons learned, strategies, tools to use, secrets, and more. I'm your host, Katie Rothley, fellow library marketer, librarian, and artist. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Jeff. Hey, Katie. Do you hear an echo at all? No. From Oh, that's good. <laughs> Do you hear an echo from me? No. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I had to check out a webcam because my built-in camera for my laptop keeps cutting out during the Zooms that I've been holding. So I wanted to make sure that didn't happen. <laughs> well, hopefully not. How do I sound? You sound good. How do you have it set up in your, are you in your car? Yeah, I was, I was debating sticking around at the library and waiting and maybe setting up my Shure microphone for you. But then I, I had to go home and I get, hopefully, this is a working theory that this is a little more sound friendly if I'm kind of enclosed in this car here and you won't hear my roommate stomping around and you won't hear my cat meowing so it'll just be me well thanks that actually is a brilliant idea i think because cars are kind of made for stereo sound aren't they exactly yeah all right well i guess i'll get uh i'll get started um thanks for joining me tonight on the library marketing podcast and with me tonight is jeff would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners of course thanks for having me my name is jeff milo i'm the marketing coordinator at the ferndale area district library now i understand you have like a background in journalism was that what you did before you became a librarian I've, uh, well, I'm actually not a librarian. I'm just, I'm just a marketer. Um, oh. and yeah, the news is out. It's a, yeah, the secret is out. I'm not, I'm not a librarian. Uh, I have, but I have always worked in libraries. So when I was in high school, I was a library page, putting the books away. And then I got hired uh, as circulation specialists in a variety of libraries, academic libraries, mm. medical libraries. Uh, I even worked in a music library of a radio station where I was in charge of the CDs, which is something that we used to listen to uh, <laughs> for the on-air disc jockeys. And, but most of my career has been at the Ferndale Library, originally the Ferndale public library uh where i was page and then i came back in 2010 and joined the circulation department but almost instantaneously was i mean like so many people that uh listen to this podcast i'm sure and so many people out there in library land instantaneously wearing different hats and 
it sounds quaint, but you know, 2010 is when the library created its Facebook page, uh, which was a bold leap into the new frontier. And I was the one who helped do that and started creating the content for it. And so once you start creating the content for your library's Facebook page, you are, you're basically a marketer, don't you think, Katie? Um, yeah, I think it's like, uh, like your grandfather did. Yes. Yeah, you're you're doing the work of the marketer when you're the content creator, even back in the Stone Age of 2010. Uh, but when I went to college at Michigan State, it was for journalism. I was on the high school newspaper staff. I was writing articles, possibly poorly as a high schooler, and fell in love with journalism. Fell in love with music journalism, especially because it's very fun to write album reviews. But then it become dub. It became doubly fun to interview musicians, interview artists, interview songwriters, and then write about them. So as soon as I was out of college, I became a freelance reporter for a number of magazines and newspapers around this area. And for like a couple years, uh, a national magazine called Paste Magazine. So I was having a lot of fun writing. Um, writing's always been my thing that's my so my degrees in journalism but uh economy being what it is and the newspaper industry being what it is i say freelance because i really couldn't find a nine to five 40 hour a week full-time with benefits job as a reporter uh yeah. at best you, at best you'd be a freelancer so i needed income and the, thus i go back into the library and they're like welcoming back with open arms open arms while you're here start a Facebook page, would you? Start writing captions. And then it was off to the races. Uh, and the rest is history. And then uh, um, I, I became officially given the title of marketing coordinator only about a couple of years ago, but it's basically what I've been doing almost for the last decade. So that's most of my story. What else can I tell you, Katie? That's pretty incredible, actually. Uh, would you consider yourself more of a like a copywriter or a content creator or just both? Well, the and I wasn't anticipating getting onto this subject so soon, but with TikTok, uh, you have to use a very creative side and a very weird side of your brain. So I don't think that I'm copywriting anymore. I think I, I do think of myself as a creator because I'm trying to be creative while I'm at work um, and using what I call my meme brain when I am in TikTok world, which is a weird thing that, that developed. There's, but I really do believe that you have to have a certain verve and energy to your writing voice even if you're just writing three sentences of a of a facebook caption so i've always not thinking highly of myself but i've always like i, I guess respected this role as requiring creativity not being something you, that you could or should phone in you know what i mean yeah 
Yeah, so. but I also think we tend, well, people that work in libraries, not necessarily just librarians, but I think we tend to be a humble lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think we, we, we should remain so. Um, it would be weird if, it would be weird if your library was like some somehow egotistical, had an egotistical presence on online. Um, but yeah, I, I've always had a lot of fun writing content for the library. I think it's a very easy thing to get inspired about because of how basically amazing libraries are, uh, everything that they do for their community and, um, how, how wonderful they are, how much you can do in a library when you go there, how much you can access. It's just wonderful. Uh, also the fact you can go back to Alexandria, they've been just around. They are this like staple of civilization. So there's like so much honor there. Uh, so libraries are sacred. Would you say that your uh, schooling in journalism has helped you with managing all of the social media and any of the marketing content that you provide for Ferndale? Absolutely, because it's helped me have, well, being a journalist makes you very good at meeting deadlines. And being a freelance journalist makes you really good at self-assigning deadlines for yourself. And if you are a content creator and you have a content calendar or you have things throughout the year uh, that come around every once in a while, like summer reading or September, library card sign-up month, etc., things that you have to be ready for, you can organize those deadlines for yourself and you're, you know you're going to meet them. Uh, so yeah, um, I... I was already developing what I call uh, a calendar brain um, as as a journalist before that, so I think it's definitely definitely helped that, and definitely helped me kind of just be my own boss because I've been so used to being this independent content generator, where I find an artist or a musician, etc., that I'm very inspired about, and it's all self-starting or I'll pitch the editors and tell them I can turn around a story in a week. And they're like, great, give us a story in a week and it's all done. And I'm, I'm ready to go. So um, that it definitely has helped. I think so. So how do you use that experience in writing stories for your library? The experience from being a music journalist? Yes. Yeah. The, experience that I have taken from that is that I've applied to library world is a consciousness for audience. So I think that as a journalist in general, and it's just very important to remember this, that you should be writing to an audience that may or may not have any familiarity whatsoever with what you're talking about. Uh, so it can't be so inside baseball when you are writing about something that's going on in the library. Um, every post, every blog, every press release 
has to come and it's weird to explain this but like uh as though you're explaining this to someone for the first time um how many if you've worked in a library for 10 years or 20 years you have seen 20 summer readings come and go and 20 library card sign up months come and go uh so that appreciation for the person reading this it could be the first time they have ever heard of it so not that you're talking down to them or talking plainly or condescending them but uh remembering that when you are in your writing tone is very important i think and i've had to do that a lot with you know musicians and 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 uh, artists that i write about who are probably you know very uh avant-garde or have very niche styles or bizarre influences and i have to explain it for and introduce it to everyone um so i think that's important when you are promoting your library uh and that's not to come from uh again it's such a tricky line to tell you know you see that so many folks on tiktok will make and i'm guilty of it too because it's easy and fun but you know we'll make we'll make light of the thing that the the we'll make light of the idea that people may or may not be surprised that libraries still exist or uh that people might wonder why we even have libraries anymore um you when i say that you're speaking plainly to these people it's not like you should come from a place of like in like uh premature confrontationalness like of course we still exist of course libraries are great haven't you heard um so it's a tricky tricky line to tell how about i didn't ramble at you katie well i'm kind of curious uh because you've been at Ferndale for over a decade now, what kind of changes have you seen when it comes to marketing your library and what kind of response or changes in engagement have you observed? You, I mean, top of my head, first change you see is you just don't see as much content interaction as you, may have once seen or at least i just remember the early tens on facebook we would just get lots of comments on facebook interaction if we posed a question uh you know and a great way like this is this feels so old school because it's like 2012 but a great way to get interaction used to be like here's a picture of our our new display of horror books what's your favorite horror book? And then it would be like, Stephen King, uh, uh, Paul Tremblay, blah, blah, blah. This is what I like. You just don't see that because in people are just, A, they don't, they may not be as comfortable as they once were posting comment. B, they're busy. C, they're tired. D, they're just overwhelmed with so much to look at and they're just shuffling through. So, so you're not, you may or may not see that. I still see interactions on Instagram, but the Facebook comments have just gone away. And the other thing that, of course, is like not changed, but we've become more wary of is that we are constantly 
um, battling or reacting to or being completely confused by the ever-shifting algorithm. So that's always an uphill battle. Uh, and, you know, every single year, if not every six months, you see new articles online that, that will give you tips and tricks of how to overcome the newest change in the algorithm, but then it changes again. So uh, I think two or three years into this decade, you, I started to appreciate that this was going to be a job that had uh, changes like every six months. Like every six months, the thing that you were doing might not work anymore. Every three months, every year, you might just have to like keep on trying new things. And so that becomes, uh, that becomes more video content or that becomes reels or that becomes TikTok or that becomes... Uh, engaging, splashy, colorful e-newsletters, you know, you just keep trying. Uh, and <laughs> it can, it can be, it can be frustrating, but um, no, just ellipses. No, no second thought there, period. It can be frustrating. <laughs> I don't know how, like you, like you will have to find a way to, 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 to adapt to that and deal with that because yeah darn it it is frustrating but um your library doesn't stop being awesome so you always have content um and your staff doesn't stop being awesome so you always have people to bounce ideas off of or talk to so there's always that that gives me strength so what works for you now and which channels are you using or which social media platforms are you using primarily what works best for us is instagram uh and facebook sort of and then tiktok recently i think had a little bit of an algorithm change and so if i was seeing videos of mine get 100 likes now it's they're only getting 35 but i've been looking around at other library friends that i've made on tiktok they're not necessarily in michigan because you know tiktok is tiktok will put you in touch with the entire galaxy um that's I, true <laughs> yeah exactly which is overwhelming in its own right but i've seen other libraries out there in other states who have more followers than me and usually got lots of hearts on their videos. Not, not that I'm like sociopathically stalking them, but I'm seeing their like counts go down too. So it's, it's weird. TikTok might, TikTok might have officially be in kind of a bummer state where it's like, we're not, we're not exactly going viral like we once were, like, like I once did, but I've also seen lots of other libraries going on TikTok and saying, well, who cares about that anymore? Who cares about going viral? Let's, this is in and of itself, a silly platform. Let us make sure that we're having fun while we're here. Uh, so that's where we're at with TikTok. Um, even though I still get recognized locally as the guy from TikTok. Um, Instagram, to bring it back, is has been the most effective in terms of uh, tangible measured measurable results where people will come to an event 
because they saw a post about it the day before, or they will come in to get, grab the voter guides because they saw it in our stories. Um, so I, I've seen Instagram be the most effective and just get lots of engagement. And that's where, as I said before, we were getting comments on Facebook, not so much anymore. We are getting more interaction on Instagram. Um, those are the three primary ones. You know, we still occasionally post some content to YouTube. Um, we really don't tweet ever. Uh, when we do throw stuff on our Tumblr, yes, we have a Tumblr, we, we get responses. But that's where we're at. I do like, I do, I like having the presence in those places um, just for the sake of it. Like if someone finds us on Tumblr, I do appreciate it for that light bulb moment of like, my library's on Tumblr? Like, I don't know. I like that. Uh, do, you, do you think that your presence on specific social media channels really depends on your location like Ferndale as like the more progressive area of, you know, met the Metro Detroit. I have to presume. Yes. Uh, I have to imagine that definitely plays a part in it. Um, this is, this is a town that is uh, not by a great margin, but yes, predominantly like 24 to 38 there there are a lot of, you know, elder millennials and uh, elder Gen Z here. And of course, they're, they're all on their devices um, when they're not at work. They're killing time and they're, they're able to find us. So I would love to talk to or hear more about the experience of, I mean, we're not a huge city. It's only a population of... Uh, a little over 19,000, but it's, mm. it's like, it is perceived as an, and it is admit, admittedly a, a pretty hip city. So, um, I can't, I can't really, I'd love to hear more about what, it, what it's like in other communities though. How is it in Northville when it comes to Instagram, Katie? Uh, well, I am still relatively new to Northville, but over the past year, what I've found is when creating content, it has to have people in it. Faces do better, especially staff. Uh, that kind of feature does way better than an advertisement for one of the library services or resources like a downloadable or a database right and um the carousels work really nice too for some reason i don't fully understand that yet and i'm sure there's something to it but if you have a carousel that seems to draw in some curiosity and so they interact with that um telling a story based on a library event or something that just happened that day or something new to the community or the library or a fun, for instance, right now we have a photo op set up in our, on our main 
floor of the library. And so people can come in and, and take their picture with it. Mm. And that post did really well. So anything that is interacting with the library and it has, and it features people does, does pretty well, especially children, anything with the library interacting with, with children, like programs for youth or something creative. That's, that's what we tend to see on Instagram. That's excellent. And uh, of course we'll, uh, affirm that anytime you can get staff on camera, it always results in better engagement. For sure. But I always run into a lot of resistance and right. I want to, I want to respect their privacy too. You know, some people don't want to be on social media to be right. seen by the rest of the community or even the world. So I get right. that. Right. Uh, you have to, if at all possible, find those one or two staff members who will be your partners in that. There are at least three folks at Ferndale who, if they see me coming with my phone, they are possibly more excited than I am, like they're ready. And then there are one or two or three who will never want to see me ever walking toward them in any scenario uh they like me and they'll talk to me but if the idea of this will be posted is suggested at all it's like no 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 no. but uh it's very very worthwhile valuable to have that enthusiasm and that willingness to collaborate with the from from other staff who who do want to be on board with you uh, but in your position and anyone's position who's listening to this podcast is there's, I don't know, it requires something else to, uh, I guess some, some kind of social tenderness because you are, if you've ever filmed a TikTok that you yourself are not in, you will very quickly feel like you're a film director, uh, because you're trying to explain to your staff member like how to act or uh maybe the something to do with like a gesture uh as you say how to stage it <laughs> exactly um and that even happens with trying to do a book face stunt where you're having someone hold a book cover halfway or entirely in front of their face to make it look like an optical illusion that that you know face or arm or what have you on the book cover is part of the other person's body uh, so, you know, when you're bringing your phone out and walking around to people, yeah, you, you feel like a, not a director, but like, I don't know, you have to. Like a stage manager. A stage manager. And you have to attain like a level of, of, uh, comfort and trust with your coworkers. Uh, and they, they really want to know that you're not going to make them look bad i guess uh you know and in a way like they want they want optimal lighting too they want to look they want this picture to look fun but they also want to i mean they have to they have to feel comfortable at the end of the day um so you can't just say all right well 
stand over there. We're going to do a book face and hold that book in front of your face. And I'm just going to snap this picture and then walk away from them. Yeah. You should show them, show it to them, make sure they approve of everything. So there's, there's all of that that goes into this, that, that requires a lot of tenderness. Um, and I think that's very important. I really went off on a tangent there. Uh, I hope that's okay, but. Um, oh, that's totally okay. I, I having actually, your staff, yeah. I've actually approached uh, patrons in the library. Mm -hmm. If they seem too focused, I, I won't. Uh, but I've asked permission to just get a candid shot of them doing whatever they were doing. Okay. And I ask permission and. Sometimes they say no, and sometimes they say yes. And I always, it's, it's fun to, it's a little scary sometimes, but it's also fun to get images of people using the library that I don't know if I'll ever see them again. That's a great point. And it's something I haven't personally explored yet. Um, is that... <sighs> Well, I don't there. like using stock images. If sure. I can avoid using stock images and I have actual images of real people using the actual library, I think mm -hmm. that's way more genuine and on brand than mm -hmm. relying on stock images. Though they have their time and place, but right. I would prefer, you know, the real thing. Mm-hmm. But again, it also does come back to that. Is the patron comfortable with it? Uh, exactly. And I have found more and more, and this is getting off into the uh, um, the uh, the acquiescence that we have with a with a with a mildly to moderately dystopic world that we live in. But like, I if you. Ask me as a millennial and some of the Gen Z folks who are coming up behind me, we post a selfie of ourselves every day on Instagram. Um, so I think they're the, uh, the notion of like our image being anywhere on the Facebook page of the library is not alarming to us because we are, we are so giving of our image in this, in this way. Um, so I imagine it requires a certain level of comfort when you're approaching a, a patron who who may be an elderly patron, may not own a device. Um, something I'd like well, to do. It's though. different generations, too. You know, they grow right. up in a different kind of society with different right. expectations and unspoken agreements. Yeah. That's a crucial point, though, because we need to see people using the library. What we're trying to do at the end of the day with every single post is demonstrate the value of the library. So that could be, that could be a TikTok thing where I'm being silly yet also sneaking in actual facts and sincere statements, but, and it could be the a post of uh, a post of an image of a presenter or an author or a musician inside the library doing something cool. Look at this cool event. But it is also the folks using the library. Um, so an image of that is ideal. Uh, we we uh, we pulled stats for Library Card Signup Month, and yeah, it's effective to see big bold big bold numbers. 
yeah. uh, that demonstrate usage, but it's also perhaps even more subtly effective to just see a human being in the library at a computer or reading or what have you. So, well, I don't, I mean, like I don't post that every single day because I mm -hmm. think the glamour of it would, would wear off really sure. fast. Uh, but I, when I have the time and I'm not working on the print newsletter, <laughs> right. I, I tried to plan it out a bit. Uh, I'm curious if you have like a schedule you follow for each week or month. Relatively, but then it's always open to being in flux. Uh, for our youth librarians, we have a staff of five librarians and youth services, and they are all keen to be hands-on with content creation. So uh, all five of them are making stuff for, I should say, our library's youth Facebook page. We have two Facebook pages, and one wow. is entirely, one's entirely devoted to youth services because we have so much going on in youth services. We have so much going on with adult events. Uh, it's not like, it's certainly not like parents and caregivers aren't going to want to come to our, you know, uh, concerts that we host. But again, they're not going like we have, we wanted to create this separate channel where they could find out about the story times of the early literacy, early literacy programming or the kids book clubs or the events specifically for kids just because there, there'd be so many of them that we couldn't really balance the flow of it into the what's become the adult page. So we created that so that parents and caregivers in the area would know, I need to find out what's going on as far as kids events, this is the page I'm going to open up and I'm going to find nothing but kids stuff. So they, so I've established a monthly year in year out calendar for them in terms of content. And we kind of follow themes throughout the day. It could be reading recommendations, new books, uh, upcoming events, specifically early literacy, uh, book face, non non special collections non-book non-print related uh collection highlights you know dvds board games playaways what have you um and then every once in a while like when we can a, a, a fun engaging silly meme um but i i could i i and i do have a schedule that i follow for the adult page which I balance against, you know, readers advisory, uh, spotlights on special resources, and then simply new books. Um, and then the fun stuff like Bookface Friday and events and memes and videos. Uh, but it's, it's all kind of guided by the library calendar, isn't it? Because we always know that, again, to go back, we always know summer readings coming. Um, mm -hmm. we always know Halloween is coming. And so, or we, or we have recurring events. So that also is in and of itself, like, uh, cookbook club Seasonal just happened. Or... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
So, well, yeah, we have, we have about a little less than 10 minutes left. I want to ask you, um, it's, it's kind of a long question, but long winded as anyone can tell, (laughs) where do you get your inspiration or, or, and, uh, is there a library marketing book or a general marketing book that you uh, enjoy or have learned a lot from? Uh, no, I don't. I haven't really ever read a library marketing book. I hope I'm not um, self like indicting myself here. Um, I don't think I, so. I think everyone's different. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Consistently, I'm getting inspiration from my staff, and I get and I get a lot of inspiration from the exchanges that we were lacking for almost 13 solid months. But the exchanges that you can get when you see people come to the library for an event, or to see people come into a library in general, and all of those positive comments that you that you receive, I know. Man, I know it's all library people who are going to be listening to this, but it is like it means so much when a, a resident just comes in and just says something positive to a reference librarian. But what's going on here? Um, but I think that this may or may not have come up, but like we get onto Instagram and we get onto TikTok and we start following each other and so i hope this isn't i hope this isn't a cheesy response but i very much get inspiration from all the libraries that i follow uh you know and my one of my colleagues and i had a discussion about that recently we were like i wonder how much of our followers are actually libraries as opposed to (laughs) well our, our target audiences Right. Right. But then again, like, you know, that depends on who your target audience is. And like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, 30% or more are probably libraries, um, give or take. And but like, I'm, I'm following you back. Um, Yes, you're following me, following you and I'm watching you and you're inspiring me. So like, in a way it's the long game uh but eventually we're all making each other better so what we're throwing out there 30 percent, what 40 percent? it's libraries following us i'm just going to try and do some like ridiculous end of the day uncaffeinated math for you katie is like we are still creating content for that 60 percent who are our community um, and because I have my eyes on everything that all the other libraries that I follow are doing, um, I'm not stealing and I'm not copying, but like, in a way, I do think that we're all pushing ourselves to, to be more creative and just to be more energetic in general, uh, and a little bold because a little boldness never hurt any content on social media um, maybe sometimes i'm on a podcast so i'm talking off the cuff but it's me following you 
then finding inspiration in what you do is going to put more verve and energy into what I make for Ferndale. Uh, and I think it just eventually over time gets more and more people excited about the library. That's my, that's my wild theory. Um, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I want to also believe that the library marketing can look and sound like anything and should always be open to change. So um, I'm, I'm not some sort of uh, like, defiant punk who doesn't want to read library marketing books just because I have a chip on my shoulder. It's just like I have found so far that I've been able to learn on the fly and really get a lot from all the libraries that I follow. And I think there's really value in there. I don't think it's something that we should joke about or uh, say it as a negative, like, oh, a lot of libraries follow us. I think that's awesome. I think that we're we're all sharing with each other uh, without knowing mm -hmm. it. A post that I shared, a post that I shared might not say, hey, Northville, check this out. But Northville might look at that post and say, oh, look at that. I don't know. Does that make any sense, Katie? It does, because okay. I often I often check out other library accounts to see if there's something that might inspire right. me to do something. Right. For, for my community. Right. Um. But everyone, but I am also like Googling uh, marketing trends, social media trends, library marketing trends, um, and like taking it all with a grain of salt because, you know, as as librarians all know, a good amount of your Google results might be trash. But like I do parse through that, and I am reading online, even if it's not a book, but. I every as I said like every three months every six months I'm kind of like digging back in and thinking like all right well what's changed lately uh what the heck is up with the algorithm now so I am doing those searches if that are you, yeah are you gonna be attending MLA I am gonna be weeks? attending MLA I'll be there Wednesday and I'm gonna be attending the the sort of dinner ceremony thing and I'm going to be there yes. all day Thursday because uh, I think there if, if memory serves I can't remember exactly but I think there's a lot of great stuff going on on Thursday mm -hmm. um, uh, and I know that uh, Followerville is coming back to do their TikTok thing which they had done at Spring Institute previously so I am definitely attending that one yeah but I think there's some really good marketing. I think there's at least one amazing marketing going. I feel like it's happening Thursday, Katie. So I'm going to be there for it. Oh, are you really going to attend my presentation? Yes. Yes. That's why I blacked out Thursday. And I was going to like, I didn't even know I was going to be on a podcast with you. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go chat with Katie when she's done with her thing. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm trying not to get nervous. This is my first professional presentation. Really? I feel like yes. you were in like two or three by now. Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> well, there's no way you're not going to be nervous. You're going to be nervous for the five minutes right before it starts. And you're going to be nervous and shaky for the five minutes after it starts. But then you will fall into a groove. And before you know it, you'll be done. And you'll be at the Q&A period. And everyone will be telling you how great of a job you did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going just for that. All the accolades. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you're going to be there Thursday, of course. Uh, will you be there Wednesday? Yes, I believe I registered for the full conference. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. I'm I'm excited to see you in a couple of weeks. And thanks for joining me tonight on my podcast. This has been a pleasure, Katie. Thanks for doing this podcast in general. Thanks for asking me and thanks for all that you do. And I hope you keep up all the great work. I, I will certainly strive to. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Great. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope it was as helpful for you as it was for me. You can follow this podcast to keep track of new episodes and find me primarily on RSS and Spotify. Follow me on my website, thelibrarianmarketer.org through WordPress. Take my survey there for planning future episode topics and guests. Or send me questions, constructive feedback, ideas, and anything else at info at thelibrarianmarketer.org. It's also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Until next time.